What's going on? Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We've got a special episode today, and I'll tell you why. Number one, we've got the great Tony, Tony Fowler on with me, my podcast producer. And number two, because I think we're getting a real groove with these solo pods, having Tony on. I'm I'm a big fan. And number three, this is the earliest podcast I've ever done, bro. This is 8 a.m. my time. My daughter did not sleep well last night at all. I'm pretty fucking exhausted. And I don't know what you and I are talking about. I completely forgot what we had game planned. So I'm very excited to see how this goes. Oh, this is perfect. going to be a great episode. <laughs> this is perfect. Talk about a setup. You know, you've got that uh, morning voice. Like, hello. I was wondering if I if I had that like morning <laughs> voice. Oh man, I remember, dude. This was so funny. I remember when I was coaching Gary Vaynerchuk, and like he called me at like seven in the morning for whatever reason. As any time he called, I'd like you know if your boss calls you, you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh shit, boss is calling. If I was like still sleeping when he called me, I would do the thing where I woke up, like I jolted awake, and I saw it was Gary, and I'd be like, oh shit, and I would try and take away the morning voice and be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> but he'd always know. He'd be like, you just woke up, huh? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gets me every time, man. Every single time. I can't fake it. How are you doing, man? Everything good with you? I'm good. This is the earliest podcast I've ever been on because this is only the third podcast I've ever been on. So, Oh, man. Well, we're just breaking podcast PRs all around right now. This is great. <laughs> so since you have no idea what we're talking about, I'll just introduce it. I thought it would be a great idea to talk about your relationship with social media. Mm, mm, okay. I remember that now. Yes, yes. Okay. The good, the bad, the ugly. I'm hoping we can go through it and see what comes out. Dude, let's do it. You you tell me where to begin and we'll we'll dive in. No holds barred. Everything's on the table. Let's get after it. Social media. Do you remember what your first interaction with social media was? Mm, wow. Yes. Well, oh man. Okay. So there's a couple things that come to mind. <laughs> The first thing that comes to mind is MySpace. And I remember MySpace coming out. I I must have been either in middle school or in high school. Or you know what? Or I think like really social media might have actually first began with AIM Instant Messenger. If I really I was think about it. If you're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I oh my god, I used to use AIM Instant Messenger and it was like the greatest thing ever. Like you could just talk to your friends on it. I was in middle school. I remember vividly. I remember it was in middle school because I just used to do the dumbest, dumbest shit on there. And like I remember like the door opening if someone came on like er and then the door closing if someone left like er <laughs> and then I remember like my friends would be messaging me at like two in the morning and be like, Hey, let's meet up and like sneaking out of the house at like two in the morning to try and go meet up with them and having away messages, trying to craft like the perfect away message to figure out like what was going to be cool to say. So, so AIM Instant messenger was the first, then MySpace. Wait, real quick, real quick. Yeah, Do you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. what your handle was? Oh my God. <laughs> Cause that was a whole thing, right? 
bro. Your screen name. It was called your screen, screen name. name what's, yes. what's your screen? Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. My screen name. My screen name was. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it was I D A M A N three eight six, and what that spells is I demand three eighty six. And I remember. The only reason it was that is because I couldn't figure out what I wanted my screen name to be, which is, it was a big deal, right? It was a whole mm-hmm. big thing. It was your identity. And I was talking to my friend, Anna, Anna Foreman, and, and she was like, oh, you should make it eye to man. And I was like, oh, that's, that's such a good idea. <laughs> and, but like eye to man had already been taken. So like the one that came up was like, you could just make it eye to man 386. And I was like, okay, cool. There we go. Eye to man 386. So that was Were my there- screen name. 385 other item mans before you <laughs> there I, there might have been maybe that's why they they said 386 yeah i was the 386th item man on aim nice <laughs> what was your experience oh gosh um it was on two like the number mars okay on two mars no no where, numbers where'd that yeah. come from Oh man, also embarrassing. Um <laughs> so my dad was like a space nerd. Um, okay. He's, That's he's cool. really into you know astronomy. And so I think he instilled in me from a young age, like, yeah, we're going to Mars, we're gonna colonize Mars and you know, <laughs> so on to Mars. That's I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Um so then MySpace, Tom from MySpace was obviously like a big thing. Best best friend, man. Best yeah, friend. best friend. Man, that guy had so many friends. Um, I wonder what he's doing nowadays. That 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 would actually be pretty crazy. Actually, you know what? Oh my God, just all these random memories popping in my head. Yeah. Dude, when I was coaching so when I was coaching Gary, a lot of people who wanted to get in touch with Gary would always contact me because like, oh, if I reach out to his personal trainer, then maybe I'll be able to get in contact with them. Craziest thing is I used to get people signing up for my coaching program so that then they could try and leverage that relationship to get closer to Gary. But dude, Tom from MySpace messaged me on Instagram. It must've been like 2017. And and he wanted to connect with Gary. I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Tom from MySpace actually messaged me on Instagram. And he had like, the same profile picture on Instagram. Yeah. The thumbs up. I'm doing it right now. For- yeah. <laughs> um, MySpace. You had like you had the the five closest friends available to you. Like I think you could choose your five friends. But then like I think the biggest thing with social media, like as of all, like current social media, was I remember in in high school to get onto Facebook, you needed an invite to get onto Facebook when, when it first came out. So I remember there's a huge thing in school to try and get someone to invite you onto Facebook. And so I, I got the invite and I was like, yes, I'm on, let's go. And, uh, and then you know, I had to figure out, all right, well, what's my profile picture going to be, right? Like then you had to start like taking pictures. So like, <laughs> Like I had never taken pictures before, like on a, like deliberately, like, so I had to figure out what, what the fuck my profile picture was going to be. And then Jordan's first selfie. er, No, no. It was a picture with Lucy Zhang, who was my first prom date. And with Louisa Walker, we were all in the cafeteria 
And we just all like took a picture together. And that was my first profile picture. But man, I remember, I think the biggest thing about Facebook early on for, at least for me was like writing on people's walls. Like you could write on, on your friend's walls and it was a big deal and you'd have these like back and forth and then you could see the history between you and them and it was like a whole big thing and it was sentimental. But me and my best friend, David Gorelick, we would hack into each other's Facebooks and it wasn't really hacking. It was just like we just got onto each other's page and we would write just like embarrassing stuff like uh, pretending to be the other person. (laughs) (laughs) So we would just try and go onto each other's page and embarrass each other. And like the rule was like it, it, no matter what, no matter what happened, like you just had to let the other person write it. So like we would sit next to each other and write really embarrassing stuff that didn't actually happen just to try and embarrass the other person. Uh, So those are my early examples pop to mind. Um, this is like so childish like, that I'm thinking about it. But like, you know, we're young high school boys. So one thing that we used to do, I don't remember exactly what we wrote, but I remember we used to do this to each other all the time. We would try and embarrass each other as much as we possibly could in public. And so, for example, if we were like at Target for whatever reason, like we went to Target or the grocery store or whatever it is, and we were checking out, like I would ask him <laughs> without him knowing I was going to ask, like I would wait until there's like a moment of silence, whatever it is. And in front of the person checking us out, I would say, oh, shoot, David, did you remember to wipe your butt this time? (laughs) And I remember the first time I did that to him, he looked at me like his jaw dropped, (laughs) but then he just started laughing so hard. So like just stupid things like that, trying to like really embarrass the person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are the early social media memories I have. Yeah, so at such a young age, right? Screen oh, names, yeah. top friends on MySpace. That was crazy. Like you would rank them too. I don't know if you remember that. Like, <laughs> Did you actually rank them in order of like who's number were, one? Who They were like one through whatever. And people would, at least where in my high school, like people would be like, oh, I saw that I dropped from rank two <laughs> to rank five after the party. <laughs> Oh yeah, my God, that's crazy. Whole, yeah. Um, and then, you know, with the Facebook status and taking pictures and writing on walls. I mean, for our generation at such a young age, right? We were already thinking about our online presence mm, without yeah. even knowing what that meant back then, right? Dude, it's so true. Like, even just as I was talking about it, thinking about, like, oh man, I've got to get pictures now. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to get a picture to put up that embodies what I want people to think about me when they mm-hmm. see my profile picture. Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to note that and, and just kind of dude, I love that. Thread the needle, maybe think about how that still exists or how for granted we might take it. But yeah, so aim, MySpace, Facebook. I think you said it was on Facebook that you first started writing article oh wait that wait right? i gotta i gotta tell another story about aim really yeah, quick yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so my mom being a very good mom saw the immediate potential danger of something like aim mm. she like like you know she's a lawyer and she worked in criminal law for a while and she was like this could be bad so i didn't know it at first but she installed some type of software early on so that she could see 
all of my conversations. Wow. Which as a child, I thought was a huge invasion of privacy. And now as a parent, I'm like, no, that makes sense. But like, I'm still sort of torn. I still feel like there should be some privacy. But anyway, I, the only reason I found this out is because I was on her computer one day. We, it was the only computer in the house. Oh, no, her and my dad had computers. And she asked me to, like, I think she asked me to print out the grocery list, which we would do every time before we'd go to the grocery store. We had a grocery list, print it out. So like check off everything as you get it. And her email was open and there was an email from AIM that had my entire conversations from the last night. Cause I would stay up super late and con- like converse with all my friends and talk about super important stuff, whatever it is we were doing. And I, I saw all of my conversations from the night before. So she was getting emailed every day, all of my conversations from the last 24 hours. And I was like, Oh my God, she's seeing everything I'm writing. And so I decided I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I don't know how it worked, but I changed I don't, again, I don't know exactly the mechanics of what happened here, but I changed the password for the AIM thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I figured out what the password was and I changed it so that she wouldn't be able to, to get it. And I, I don't know, again, I don't know how this worked, but I figured out how to change the password, change the situation where she would have to enter a new password to get access to all of this information. Because I, I knew if I had brought it up to her, she'd be like, yeah, of course I'm looking at your stuff. I'm your parent. But I knew if I changed the password, she wouldn't be able to ask me, hey, like, how do I get this? <laughs> because she wanted to keep like so that I wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah. So I changed it. And then like with so at some point within the next like 24 to 48 hours, she was like, I could see her at her computer really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she was like, she wanted to ask, but she couldn't. And like to this day, I, I haven't even brought this up to her. I need to bring this up to her today because like I just completely forgot about it. And who knows, maybe she ended figuring up another way to get access to it. And like I was an idiot and she actually did figure it out. Who knows? But yeah, uh, I vividly remember probably. trying to, to work my way around that one spy games in the house <laughs> there was, there anyway. was levels to that <laughs> yes and i think my mom beat me on every level <laughs> i know that she knows that i know that she knows yeah that's that's oh awesome. my god you know I'll, I'll give you another example of how good my mom is i went away when i was 16 on this trip and um it was like this this uh traveling soccer team like i was on a traveling soccer team and uh we went to compete and obviously, when you're 16, and not not everyone, but me, a degenerate 16 year old, like got a ton of vodka for this trip. And so, you know, we're drinking, did all this other stuff. I come back and I forget that I have a massive handle of vodka in my soccer bag. Whoops. So, what she tells me to do is she's like, hey, leave your soccer bag in the garage so I can take it and then do all the laundry. I was like, okay, thank you. So, I left it in the garage. And then, a couple days go by and I have my buddy David Gorelick, my buddy Tucker, my buddy Eli, they all come over and, uh, you know, my mom was working full time, da, 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 so she would go to bed early. So my friends could come over at like 830 because she'd be in bed. And so we would just all go into the basement and we'd just start drinking. So they come over and I'm like, oh yeah, let's get drinks. And so like I go up and I, I remember as soon as I say that, I'm like, shit, the vodka's in the bag 
that my mom said she was going to do the laundry in. So I run upstairs, go in the garage, and I see that uh, the clothes are still in the bag. And so is the vodka. And I'm like, thank God she didn't get to it yet. I take the vodka out. We all get the vodka. We start drinking it. And we're like, oh, you know what? Like, let's mix it with Diet Coke and lemon. Like, we'll do that because it'll taste better. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. We start drinking it. And we're like, this tastes amazing. Like, this is like, we, this is incredible. So we're drinking, we're shot after shot, like poured in, poured in. We're like, oh my God, this tastes so good. We're geniuses. This is <laughs> fucking amazing. And like half an hour goes by and, and we're drinking more and like 45 minutes and we're, and we start looking at each other like, are you, are you feeling anything? Like, do you feel this? And I realized my mom fucked with us so hard. She poured the whole thing out and just filled yep. it up with water. And, uh, and I remember, and I just remember sitting there with my friends being like, damn, she's good. Like not even mad, just like she's good. And I remember I woke up the next morning and I, and I looked at her and I, over breakfast and I was like, well played, mom. Well played. And she was like, thank you. I thought that was a good one. But she was so, she like, she didn't do the laundry. She didn't like, she deliberately kept it exactly as it was mm -hmm. just to fuck with us. I was like, man, that was genius. Well played. Wow. <laughs> Does she listen to these podcasts? Do you know? No, no, she doesn't. She um, she doesn't have Instagram. Actually, that's a lie. The last time she was here when my daughter was born, I was like, Mom, you... Because you, what'll happen is her sister, my aunt, follows me. So she will like screenshot stuff. If there's like something I talk about my mom or if I talk about my daughter and she wants to share it with my mom, she'll send it to her. And my mom will be like, wait, why didn't I see this? I was like, well, mom, it's on my social media. And, and she's like, well, I don't know how to use Instagram. I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll get it for you. So she was here. I got her an Instagram. I showed her how to use it. And she still, she was like, I, I just don't know how to use it, Jordan. I don't know how to use it. So she doesn't go on Instagram. She doesn't listen to my podcast. She will, if she's ever sent something by someone else in the family, she'll like watch the YouTube video or whatever. But that very rarely will she, will she listen to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, so you growing up with social media your whole life, she doesn't know how to use it. No, no clue. No, and, and no interest either. And like respect, I get it. Like I very much, uh, I, I've, I think my next business goal is to not have to use social media. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I, my next business goal, like to be more specific is to have a flip phone. That's my, my next goal that I want to have in the next like 10 years is just like get to a point where I don't need to post on social media. I just have a flip phone. I can be super present with my family. And then like all the inner circle members, I can interact with them. Like, uh, you know, I go on my computer, do live Q and A's, publish all the additions and help them. But next business goal, don't carry my business around with me in my pocket. Like hmm. keep, like keep work at work type of a thing. So Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. You carry your work in your pocket everywhere you mm -hmm. go. Everywhere. All the time. Yep. Yeah. It's sort of funny. Like my first, it, it's all, it's like come full circle because my, my business used to be all on my computer. I like answering tons of emails and, and doing like all my client programs. And like I, any, I, I would travel all over the world with Gary, right? When I was traveling, coaching him seven days a week, three years straight, wherever he went, I went traveling all over. And I'd have to bring my computer because I was doing like all this one-on-one -on -one coaching, writing articles, and I had to use my computer. And 
traveling all over the world with your computer in your bag is like pretty obnoxious. It's, it's mm -hmm. not fun. And I remember thinking, I want to get to a point where I don't need to bring my computer with me. I just want my phone. And I remember when I got to that point after many, 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 many years, it was very surreal. The first time I, I went through security at an airport without my computer. And I was like, this is awesome. I just, I just had my phone because I have an amazing assistant, Kat. She handles all like my emails and Susan does so much stuff for the inner circle where basically whenever, like I literally just need my phone unless we're doing something like this, a podcast or, uh, or like I'm, I'm uploading a YouTube video and I need to do all like the details on the back end. This is the only time I use my computer really. Now it's basically all on my phone. Uh, and so that was a big goal of mine for like five years just to like get to a point where I didn't need my computer. But now bro, like I use my phone all the time. Like I'm, and I catch myself reaching for it when I shouldn't be reaching for it. Like on the walk from my door to the elevator to get out of my building, it's a 24 second walk mm -hmm. max. And the impulse to take my phone out and open up social media in that 24 second walk is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's like, why the fuck can't I just walk down this hallway in my own head and peacefully and, and like, why can't I do this without having to fucking open up and see what my next notification is? Like, it's, it's really addicting. So yeah. that's why my next goal is I want to remove it from my life eventually. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and what you're saying right now, I mean. I can relate to that super hard. I think everyone who has a smartphone in 2022 can relate to that. Mm. Um, yeah, just it's impossible not to look, right? It's not impossible, but it is unbelievably difficult. And it's, uh, it's something I, I really struggle with. And it, it literally, it's one of those things where it's almost like binge eating for me, where it's like when I was struggling with binge eating, I would be, and this is like well, well over 10 years ago now, but when I was struggling with binge eating because of everything I went through with wrestling and the cutting weight and blah, 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 when I would binge eat, it wasn't something I, I, I was, I was unconscious of. Like I was mm. consciously aware that you're binging and I keep putting food in my mouth, even though in my head, I'm like, I'm not hungry and I don't want this, but you keep doing it. It's like this impulsive thing that's very difficult to stop. And it's the same thing with the phone. It's like, I'm walking there and in my head, I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't need it, but I want it, but I, I don't need it. I don't need to look, but I want to, but I want to. And you, you're, as I'm pulling my phone out of my pocket, I'm like, what, what are you going to find? Like, what do you need? Why, why is this happening? Why are you doing it? But I'm still opening it, still looking at it, going to the DMs, go, going in through, like scrolling through the, 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 uh, the feed, whatever it is in the elevator. Like I could just be in the elevator and just enjoy the ride. But no, like I have to have my fucking face down into my my phone. This blue light blinding my eyes. Like, why do, why do I have to do this to myself? What am I doing? It's a, uh, and and I the reason I say it's not impossible, but it's very difficult, is because just like with binge eating, when you tell someone like, you know, you can't stop it, or you, you mm -hmm. can't that word like it sinks into their their psyche and their their soul. It's like no, you can. It's going to be very difficult, but you can do it. So um, I keep trying to remind myself that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for that. Thank you. So when you're checking your phone, is it business? Is it personal? Is it 
neither like how would you categorize your usage on your phone well in those moments especially you know it's it's easy for me to describe almost everything I do as business on my phone. If I go in and I open up my DMs and I see what people are, what questions they're asking in response to one of my stories. Like for example, I, I just got this little like desk bike that, uh, that I have that I'm going to use, I can use while I'm sitting at my desk. Yeah, I saw that. It looks awesome. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty, I'm pretty like impressed with it so far, but I'm getting all these questions about it and I'm trying to answer as many as I can, whether it's, you know, explaining the pros and cons, what I prefer, blah, 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 blah. That's business. Like I'm, I'm trying to help people through my business social media account, right? It's like that is technically business. I mean, you know, that's it's business, right? But it's also, you know, I, I'm almost struggling with it because I'll explain what my brain is going through. I'm like, yeah, it's business, but I enjoy it. But just because I enjoy it doesn't make it not business. Like it still is business. It's still like doing my work. That's still like on the clock work hours. But that is a thing I think that's also difficult about running your own business is like you're always on the clock no matter what. Like you're always working. And the difficult part about social media is it, it makes it so that especially when so much of your business is run directly from your phone, mm-hmm. like you don't need to be at your computer. You don't need to be at the office anymore. It's like all I have to do is pull my phone out and I can be on the clock again, like immediately. So technically it's business. I have very little social media consumption for my own pleasure in terms of very little where I'm just like, oh, let me just go sit down and look at what other people are posting for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But there are things like, you know, there's still, when you go to the office, right? You go to the office and you're at work yeah, you could be working on something, but then, you know, someone comes up like in a cubicle near you and they start talking and you're like, you talk about, I don't know, the game this weekend. That's not business, but it's happening while you're working, like while you're at business, like while you're still doing stuff, like even though that's a personal conversation, it's still at work. So Mm -hmm. I could be on social media and then I see a DM from one of my old friends and, and we'll have this little mini conversation and I'll go back to working or making a story or answering other DMs. It's like, work intermixed with personal mm-hmm. stuff all the time, like staying connected with people. And it's, it's, uh, there's a whole mix of things happening all at once. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of what's so, um, enticing about it, right? Mm. Unassuming about it. Um, you don't really realize the time that you're spending. Yeah. And there's so many different things that you can be doing at any point in time, whether it's, especially when it's, when it's your business, like whether you're creating content, whether you're, you know, you're posting, you're answering comments and, and DMs, whether you're like trying to figure out like, okay, like what should I post next? What would be helpful? Like there's, whether you're getting messages from people, whether you're, you're someone is calling you a fucking asshole in DMs and you're, you're going after that, like whatever it is, like there's so much happening. You could watch stories, you could watch the feed, you could, it, there's, there's, there's so much going on. Yeah. It's very, very, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm using the right word. I think dopaminergic is the right mm-hmm. word to call it. Like it's just like you're constantly spiking your dopamine in so many yeah. different ways. It's like, it's like by the end of the day, you're just, you're exhausted, but it's still hard to put your phone down. Hmm. Now you said something interesting. You said, you know, I'm, I'm, when I have my phone out, I'm on the clock. Mm. Now, obviously that's an expression, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is that something that you think about with your own business? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting in this much time 
today and then I'm going to be off the clock for these hours. Is that something that you've been doing? Honestly, no. Like, and my wife will tell you, like, I'm just, I'm always on the clock. I'm always on it. Like there are dedicated times. There are dedicated times where I deliberately try not to be on it. For example, on Saturday, it's Shabbat in Judaism, which is like the day where you try and relax and rest and be with family. So I do deliberately try to, hey, you know, let's go on, let's go on a walk with the family or like let's go out to eat or let's like just try and do family stuff. So there there are pockets of time where I deliberately try not to. But even then, let's say for example, we went out to to this place uh this past weekend. We got this amazing meal, got this like grilled artichoke and and avocado and uh this amazing like tuna uh ahi salad. My wife goes to the bathroom. What do I do? I pull my phone out. Well, you're a food it. blogger, right? Uh, yeah, food blogger now, right? Like which by <laughs> the way is like funny, but that's also business. Like this is like it's that's business. Like that's on the clock and it's like me sharing my meals. Like one of the reasons I've tried so hard to not do this stuff is because that's just going to add more time for me to be like on social media. Like, but meals for me are one of the best times to just like try and put my phone down and relax and have a conversation. And now I'm like, fuck, I'm adding this whole other aspect where I like, cool. Now I'm still on the clock even during the meal. Um, but even though we're out on Saturday, like she goes to the bathroom when we're eating, it's like, first thing I do, boom, pull my phone out hmm. and start answering DMs. You know, it's just like it's uh, so even on the days where I'm trying to to take a break, there are many pockets of time where I can get right back on the clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, just just, you know, a minute here, a minute there. Oh, and then all of a sudden it's been four hours throughout the rest of the day. It's like, oh, OK, yeah, it's uh, it's something I used to think about a lot when I was really, really like cr- trying to build the business, trying to figure out like, OK, like. Like how many hours a day am I working, right? And even for something like for fitness professionals, I think what a lot of them don't understand is when you work out, like you're actually still on the clock when you're working out because your workouts are are a part of your brand and your Mm -hmm. business. And especially if you are filming them and you're like your workout is no longer just for you anymore. Like your workout is is like for your study time. It's content creation time. It's like, like there's so much going on, which is why I think there's so much, one of the reasons there's so much burnout in this industry. It's like, uh, inherently personal training is a more entrepreneurial type business because Mm -hmm. even if you work for someone else, you're still working with your clients one-on-one and like it's, uh, often you have to get your own clients, even if you are working for somebody else, like it is a very entrepreneurial based job and there's, there's a huge burnout because, you know, maybe your client will text you at eight at night. Like they're struggling with their food. Hey, what, what should I do? It's like, they're not paying you for that time, but you're still on that fucking clock now. Like, and you're trying to, and it's, it's, it's very difficult to separate like work from personal time. And yeah. especially now with, with phones being so readily accessible. And I'm sure people outside of the fitness industry can relate to this as well. Okay. You know, I'm sure like bosses can reach out at any point in time and, and coworkers and like everything is, is and maybe you're on social media. You're just trying to, you use social media as a way to decompress, but you get a DM from a coworker like, Hey, we got to do this. And they like, fuck, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to relax. Like, I feel like, you know, with, with phones and social media and all this stuff, it's like, you know, you're, you're so many of us are on the clock so much more now. Yeah. Yeah. No, personally, I, uh, even if I see a text, a work text and I'm like, I'm going to deal with this later, 
it instantly fires off my work brain and I go through mm-hmm. the laundry list of what I have to do to respond and what I have to, what's next on the list. And so, yeah, even, even when you say, Hey, I'm not going to look at this, you're, you're still thinking about it. It takes you out a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's, it's an integral part of our lives and of your job of your business. Yeah. So, so which platforms are you focused on? Like, where are you now on social media? Oh, technically, I'm basically everywhere. The main one is Instagram, right? So Instagram is the, is the one that I use the most. It's the one that I, I enjoy using the most. I am on TikTok. I started using TikTok in like April of 2020. It was just like, ah, you know what? I'm in lockdown. Fuck it, I'll do it. And I figured it out pretty quickly and I grew a pretty big audience on it pretty quickly, but I also stopped using it pretty quickly because I was like, this thing is bad news. Mm. Um, there's so much I don't like about how TikTok is built. Fr- from a business perspective, it could be great. It could drive a lot of business, but I don't like, I think it takes addictive levels of social media to a, to a whole new level, which is why every social media platform is copying TikTok now, right? Mm-hmm. Like TikTok is like the first one with, the, you know, TikTok's the real style video. Now I'm calling it a reel because Instagram adopted it mm-hmm. or copied it and just called it a reel. And YouTube, the notoriously long form video platform now has shorts, which are just reels. And Facebook also has reels. Every social media platform is just straight up copying TikTok. And you have to think, well, why is that? Social media is a business, first and foremost. Social media is not, at this point, for you and I and everyone just to communicate. That's not what it's for. Social media is a business. And even more specifically than a business, Social media platforms are first and foremost advertising platforms. That's that's what social media is. Social media companies, Facebook, Instagram, which are obviously all owned by Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. These are companies that make money from advertisers paying them to be on their platform. Advertisers go wherever there are eyes, Mm. which is why... For many years, advertisers would pay a lot for radio ads. Obviously, there weren't eyes on radio, but there were ears. That's where the attention was. For they would pay money for TV ads. That's why you know Super Bowl commercials cost an unbelievable amount of money because so many eyes are on that TV right then. They, they would pay a lot for highway billboards, right? Wherever attention is, that's where advertisers go. So at first, social media was not that, but as social media gained popularity. And more and more people went and more and more people went and, and eyes, eyes became uh, on social media platforms. So I like, I hear my daughter like sneezing. I'm like, oh, is she okay? But my wife's with her. Um, yeah, no, if you got to jump up. N- no, no, that's good. So knowing that social media is, is an advertising platform, first and foremost, now we can look at the goal of these platforms is to keep people's eyes on them as long as possible. Because the longer your eyes are on this platform, the more money the company makes from advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially, this is what social media, is, social media have been trying to optimize for years and years and years. Is how do we get their eyes to stay on here longer and longer and longer? It's not a mistake that it's so addicting. 
This is not like a coincidence. This is by design. It's not a mistake that Oreos taste so fucking good that it's difficult to put these things down. This is by design. Food companies spend millions and millions and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars trying to find the perfect combination of ingredients to make food so palatable and so delicious that you just want to keep eating more and more and more. That is not a coincidence. This is by design. Mm -hmm. With social media, it's the same thing. It's and this is not a conspiracy theory, by the way. Like this is just this is this is fact, right? This is like obvious. So um what TikTok has done is they've come up with the most recent way and the most effective way to keep eyes on the platform the longest, where it's so easy just to keep watching and watching and watching and another TikTok, another TikTok, another TikTok, another reel, another reel, another reel. And this is why now Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, they're prioritizing this type of content because it's so addicting to keep you on there for hours and hours and hours without even really realizing it. Even though like it doesn't even necessarily make you feel good. Like when you get off, you're like, oh, I feel like shit. It's like, it's like a drug. It's like you have this come down afterwards, but you can't get away from it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. It's like the more, the more time you spend on there, the more money they make from advertising. So, so this is why we're seeing that, that massive shift in, in what Gary Vaynerchuk has called the TikTokization of, of social media. So, so yeah, long roundabout way of like Instagram. I used, I, I, I have TikTok, but I don't really use it. I have Twitter. I use it occasionally. That's a whole cesspool of like, you know, it's so easy to get down into the, the dumps of, of Twitter. Um, I use YouTube. I, I, I use YouTube and I use podcast obviously. Uh, and I, I have Facebook and I post on it, but I don't really look on there very much. For me, my favorite type of, of social media is I, I really do like Instagram. I think it's an amazing platform. Obviously, there are things I don't like about it, but I do think Instagram really is an incredible platform. But my personal favorite is podcast and YouTube. Yeah. I, and if I had to pick one, I would probably say podcast is my like absolute favorite because I could wake up and hop on and talk with you right now and have a whole conversation. And I don't need to worry about planning anything. I don't need to worry... Like, I could just have a conversation and be yeah. fully honest. And when people sit down, or they're, usually they're not sitting down listening to podcasts, but when people pick up their headphones, put it on and hit play on a podcast, they're ready for an hour, hour and a half, two hours of content just from this one person, this one individual. I think that says so much about the mindset that person is in. Like no one is going to start a podcast if they only have 60 seconds. Right? They're, they're going to wait until they have real time hmm. to make sure they can dedicate to, to this one piece of content. And that's where I think the most connection is made. It's where you learn the most. I also think you develop the healthiest relationship with that media outlet because with TikTok style content, reels, shorts, whatever it is, it's like, it's, it's like you just swipe, 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 swipe. You don't like right. it. Boom, 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 boom. And it's constantly more dopamine, more dopamine, more dopamine. And we're training ourselves to need this constant spike. Like imagine we're lab rats. That's essentially what we are. We're lab rats. We're like able to spike, 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 spike over and over again. And you're you're expecting this. People, if if you don't grab someone's attention in three seconds on, on a video, like boom, they're gone. 
It's like we're little lab rats. Like we didn't get the cheese in three seconds. Boom, we're gone. Where's the, where's the cheese? But with a, with a podcast, it can take 10, 15, 20 minutes before it really starts to build up. And they're okay with that. It's normal. They're part of the conversation. I actually think it's a healthier form of media for the consumer and for the producer. For, for me, for example, mm-hmm. dude, you and I finished this conversation. Yeah. We're not we're not hitting publish right away. I'm not expecting immediate feedback on this. Even if we publish this immediately today, mm-hmm. it's going to take about an hour for it to be distributed across platforms. There are not comments that come immediately, right? It, it it's going to take a while for them to listen to this whole thing. And then if they decide to leave a review, which by the way, if you haven't left a review, please do that. Go on iTunes or Spotify, leave a five star, please. That'd be great. A written review would be amazing. But we don't see those for for often like days at a time. And they're inherently because it takes longer to get through and it's a little bit more of a, there, there's a, a barrier of entry to leave this comment. A lot of people don't leave them. So it's inherently fewer comments. It's a, a greater delay from when you leave them. Whereas when I post on Instagram, I know for a fact within 30 seconds, I'm going to have comments on that post. I know they might not even have watched the fucking post, but they're going to, they're going to leave a comment. Yeah. And it like immediate, so like that feeds into my brain of like, oh, like my ego of like, oh, okay, I, I post, I should be expecting immediate feedback on how great this piece of content is. That's not a good place for a human to be. Like I, I need immediate feedback. Like if, if you're a needy person, this is only going to make you needier. I mean, this is why people will, they'll post a picture and if it doesn't get enough likes quickly enough, they delete the picture. They're like, oh no, I, I didn't get enough of, of, of feedback yet. To, to justify, like, even if you think the picture is great, if you don't get enough people liking it early on, like you delete it because you're afraid of how it's going to look to other people. So that's why I love the pod. I think podcast is number one because you get the most information across to people who are really ready, willing, and able to listen and without as much of the negative on me as the creator. Yeah. Do you consider podcasts social media? You know, it's a great question and I'm sort of thinking, I don't think it's social media only because there's not like communication between users, mm-hmm. right? So technically, no, it's just, so yeah, you're right, fuck me. It's not really social media, but it is, you know, a media that I use. It's yeah. just not social yeah, yeah. media. Yeah. It is content. It is. So is YouTube social media? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, bro. You, you, all you need to do is look through the comment section on YouTube video <laughs> and know that's social media. <laughs> that's, that is, uh definitely social media um the dumbest tr- place on earth um i i think the dumbest place is twitter oh i, I just twi- meant the comments but yeah, yeah yeah well yeah i mean i think twitter is the like the dumbest and it's it's sort of built for that because you can only get like these 140 character tweets so you just get people making these blanket statements which is it's the worst so you you not only is it super super fast but it's super, super black and white unless you take the time to go tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet, which is just based on the platform. Very few people actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter's the worst by far in terms of blanket statement nonsense. TikTok is also up there because I'm almost sure, I'm almost positive that your comment size is limited in, in how many characters you can use. So you have this super addictive, fast style content mixed with limited in terms of how much you're able to respond and what nuance you're able to go into. So anytime you're limited in ability to express yourself, stupid comes out. 
Mm. And, and, and that's also why, you know, with these 60 second, 90 second reels, when you can't go into nuance, you, you have these creators who are essentially using clickbait and all these strategies trying to, they're just trying to get your attention. And, and the good ones will do their best to give some really high, high quality content within those 60 to 90 seconds. But how, how nuanced can you get in 60 to 90 seconds? Like it's really difficult no matter how good you are, which is, I love YouTube because I could make a 30, 40, 60 minute, which reminds me, I need to publish my next YouTube video. It's been sitting in my drafts for a couple of days now, but like, like you can make a, a 60, 60 minute video and a fair amount of people are going to watch that whole fucking video. All right. And it's funny. I got someone commenting, uh, recently. I, I did this thing on my, my Instagram Q and A instead of a Q and A. I said, tell me what you disagree with me on and I'll, I'll address it. And someone said, I disagree with you on how long your YouTube videos are. And I, I laughed. I was like, I, you know, it's funny. I do that by design. I make them longer because I'm not willing to sacrifice the quality of my content just to make it shorter. And I talk to coaches about this a lot. A lot of coaches, like they're afraid of making long form content, right? Like you and I were over 47 minutes into this call right now, right? So a lot of content creators, they are coaches specifically. They're like, well, I need to make it short and quick because people don't have attention spans nowadays. No, that's bullshit. They do have attention spans. They have attention spans for what they care about. Right. So, and I, this is like a made up percentage, but I very much believe this. 97% of people don't give a shit about what you have to say at all, period, no matter what. Like they just don't care. 3% of people love everything you say and they want to hear every, every word of it. They want it. They will spend hours listening to you. When you deliberately make short content, you're trying to appease the 97% of people who don't care about you anyway, and they don't mm -hmm. give a shit what you're going to say. And you're actually shortchanging the 3% of people who would listen to you for hours and hours and hours. And I think this is a big mistake of business owners. Business owners often try to target the 97% who don't give a shit when they would actually be way better off just going above and beyond for the 3% who really, really, really care. Yeah. Yeah. That's the golden nugget of this episode, for sure. <laughs> it only took 48 minutes to get to it. <laughs> Long-form content, folks. So, you know, on Instagram, that's where you're engaging, it sounds like, the most with people. Since with, mm -hmm. well, podcasts, you're not, you're talking to everyone, but you're not talking. It's not like a personal everyone. conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. But on Instagram, you are actually interacting. They're sending you DMs about, your last reel or they're sending you a DM about what they should eat for dinner or, you know, a workout problem they have. Right. So you're actually interacting with people there. What do you do when there is controversy? And I don't just mean like someone that's like, Hey, you're an asshole. Although we can talk <laughs> about that too. Um, but when someone actually genuinely from a good place disagrees with you, like, how do you deal with that? Oh, bro. Um, when someone like let's say someone disagrees with me about like i don't know anything fitness related and if they're kind and respectful mm -hmm. i love it like it's it's funny this might be like a jewish thing i don't know there's all like the you know like the jewish jokes so Jew, a lot of jews are lawyers and stuff and one of the reasons i think there are so many jews that are lawyers is because like we debate all the fucking time growing up like, not just in my family, even in Judaism, it's interesting, like, in Judaism, 
there's a, a, a joke among Jews. It's like you have three Jews, you're going to have four different opinions. And a huge part of Judaism, like for example, in Passover, one of the stories of Passover is like the rabbis would stay up all night debating over like what these lessons mean. It's not like the, you go into five different synagogues, you're going to get five different opinions on the same exact portion of the Torah or a, a story from the Talmud. It's not like, hey, this is the one right way to believe. Every single person is going to disagree and they encourage debate. They encourage it. And I, I really think that's a, a big reason why many Jews probably become lawyers because from a young age, we encourage debate. Uh, it's like, a, you know, from a, in my household, my mom being a lawyer, we would debate all the time. But the best part is the debate was always respectful, number one. And number two is when it was over, we say, I love you and hug you and, and that's it. And it's like you end, it's not, you're not angry because you had a debate. It's like, this was a good discussion. Great. Good night. Love you. And that's it. And that's, that's the, how it works. So when people say, hey, listen, they message me, hey, listen, I appreciate the effort you put into your content. I saw this post, which I disagree with, and I'd like to tell you why and hear your thoughts. That bro makes my heart full. Like that for, is like, that's the best thing ever. And I'm like, let's do it. Sometimes I'll give my phone number. We'll hop on a call. Um, wow. But if someone says, if someone messages me and is like, hey, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, okay, like you want to play that game? Let's go at it, bro. Like I have no problem doing that either. But like when someone disagrees on a on an idea or um or a, a method, I have no issues. When they attack me as the individual, when it's an ad hominem attack, now we've got a problem. And it's like, all right, whatever, I'll block you. I don't care, or like uh, whatever it is. So I don't encourage helpful debate. It's why. I do those things where I'm like, hey, tell me what you disagree with me on. Like, I, I will literally create an open box in my Q&A and say, tell me what you disagree with me on because I want to know. I don't think I have all the answers. Like, I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've been wrong so many times. It just helps me to know what people disagree with me on because then it will open my eyes to it. I think uh, it's probably one of the greatest gifts my mom has ever given me is the ability to have someone disagree with me and not have it be a personal slight against me. Yeah disagreements are good. Like it's, it's, we run into issues and this is a huge issue now is like when, as soon as someone disagrees with you, you want to silence them, right? You like, you, you want to like delete their comments or you want to like remove their ability to express their opinion. Like when you try to silence people for having a different opinion, that is literally what dictatorships are made of. Like, that's 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 the most dangerous thing. That's why the first the first amendment is freedom of speech. And like the, you know you believe in freedom of speech when you absolutely hate what the other person is saying, but you would fight to the death for their right to say it. Mm -hmm. Like you hate what they're saying. Like I hate what Kanye West has been saying about Jews. I hate it. I absolutely hate it but I would die for his right to say it hmm. because I think the ability to, to freely express what you believe is the most important of all in, in the world. So yeah, I, don't, I know that's another tangent, but yeah. <laughs> let, let me ask you this when someone has it ever gotten to you? Oh, all the time. Yeah. A hundred percent all the time. Um, it depends on the topic and, and I'll explain. I'll start, I'll start by giving this sort of analogy. 
well, first I'll say anyone who says that they don't care what other people think is a fucking liar or a psychopath. We all care what people think. It's normal. If you don't care what people think, that's you have a mental disorder. Like you're supposed to care what people think. You're a narcissist of the highest order if you don't care what people think. If you feel good when someone compliments you, then you care what people think. Period end of story. If someone says, Oh, hey, like you look really good today, or hey, like I'm really proud of what you've done, or whatever it is, and that makes you feel good, then you care what people think. You can't just shut it off when people say something mean about you. Like that's not how it works. So when I see people with big audiences online saying, like, yeah, I don't really care what people think, I'm like, you're a fucking liar. You absolutely care what people think. You're just not not being honest about it. So yes, it absolutely I absolutely care. The way that I explain it is I'm obviously not a doctor, but I would imagine that let's say we have an, an ER doctor. Someone comes in with gunshot wounds, like a, a young kid maybe comes in with gunshot wounds and like, they're like, okay, I'm going to be able to save this kid. But then the kid dies from the gunshot wounds for their first time that they actually have, have someone die on their table. I would imagine that doctor would be pretty distressed and overwhelmed and, and really, really upset, right? Like I couldn't imagine what that would feel like for the doctor. Maybe they need to take a day, two days, three days, a week off to sort of recover mentally and emotionally. Who knows? But I would imagine the first time you lose a patient, it's devastating beyond comprehension. But two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years into your career, you get a little bit desensitized to it. And you have to in order to deal with it. You have to get desensitized to it. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to help as many people. If you get so devastated that you need to take a week off after your patient dies, then there will be other patients who die because you weren't there to take care of them. So I would imagine that as doctors get desensitized to these crazy situations, I've become more and more desensitized to people saying mean shit and coming after me online, right? So it's funny, when I was a younger coach, man, I would, I would, have real issues if people came at me and like they're like you're a bad coach you're an idiot you don't know what you're talking about this guy says calories matter what an idiot blah 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 like that would really and, and i would it would ruin my week i'd be like they publicly said that about me oh my god and it would like take over like it would be a week of just like what's going to happen what like i can't believe they said that i can't believe they think i'm an idiot da, 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 da. and i would try and like talk and, and try and convince them that i knew what i was talking about now i truly like i don't give a shit about like fitness disagreements or fitness stuff like that. If someone like keto, carnivore, whatever says that I'm an idiot, I truly don't care. Like it, that doesn't bother me at all. I just like, fuck, whatever. doesn't matter. Other topics though, yeah, absolutely get at me. Like, um, for, I mean, for example, the anti-Semitic stuff that I've seen. And, and it's funny, I was talking to my best friend, Mike, about it. He he was saying, like, I, I sent him some screenshots of, of comments and DMs that I've seen about, like, anti-Semitic stuff. He couldn't believe it. Mm. He was like, he's like, bro, he's like, I think I don't see it because I'm not Jewish and I'm not aware of it. He could not believe some of the, the messages and comments I've gotten. Like, scary shit. Like, really scary, scary shit. Like threats? Uh, Oh, like threats, but not even just like personal threats as much as just like, I'm trying to keep an eye on where culture is going in regard, like, and this whole Kanye thing sort of has me in like a, a weird yeah. mindset about it. But like seeing 
what has happened since Kanye has been saying these things and the comments I've been getting, the DMs I've been getting, it's like, oh shit, like it's really bad. Um, a lot of people like Jews make up 0.2% of the United States population. Hmm. If you go to the FBI hate crimes page, Jews make up 60% of the religious based hate crimes in the United States. We're 0.2% of the population. And we make up, we have the more hate crimes against us than any other community. But like, it's not really talked about very much. Like we don't see it very much. 60% of the hate crimes in the U S are committed against Jews based on, on their religion. So when, when I see stuff like that, my wife will know immediately when I get a DM or something like that. Cause my whole demeanor, my whole demeanor changes. Like it, mm -hmm. it affects me big time. So that type of stuff absolutely gets at me. There've been people who've been mean or rude about my wife or about my child. And like, that is still new to me, so that still gets to me. It's really the ad hominem stuff, like the personal stuff that gets to me. But if it's related to fitness, I truly don't give a shit. It's like, it's such a small, insignificant thing, like to disagree with me on carbohydrates. Like, I don't care. Whatever, don't eat carbs. Like, whatever, hate your life. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't care about that. It's the, it's the, it's the, deeper rooted personal stuff that really I have not become more desensitized to yet. And I think it's also because I'm sure there have been fights that have broken out over carbohydrate debates, I'm sure. But like, they're not as many like real social, political lifestyle implications based on, you know, what you believe is optimal for fat loss. Right. As opposed to like religion or politics or whatever it is. Like, so that stuff I think hits deeper for me and really does take a, a deeper toll on my, on my soul and my, my mental and emotional health for sure. Yeah, no, that sounds incredibly difficult. Um, but you do showcase your family on social media. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's one of those I've always shared about myself. I've always like tried to be as open and honest as I can be about what I'm doing and where I am in life and who I'm with. So it just makes sense to me to share that. And my wife is is more than happy to be a part of it in terms of she's at her comfort level now. She does not want her name shared. She does not mm -hmm. want her like her. She does not want people knowing who she is or where we live or any of that stuff, which like, great. I fully respect that. Um, yeah. we, we decided not to share our daughter's name, bro. I had the crazy situation the other day. I was speaking at an event in Arizona and I really hope this guy does not listen to this podcast, but whatever, fuck it. I was in Arizona and I was speaking at an event with like 500 people and one of the other speakers, you know, he has a big social media audience and we've been connected for years. Like we've had a few DMS back and forth. We have never met in person. I don't know anything about this guy other than he's got a pretty big social media audience and he comes up to me and he shakes my hand. He's super nice. Da, da, da. He's like, Oh man, nice to meet you. I'm like, Oh, nice to meet you. 
And he goes, oh, like, he, he's like joking. He's like, I love like, you know, the no name daughter. Ha ha ha. I was like, yeah, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what's her name? And I said, oh, oh no, man, we're, we're actually keeping it private. Like, you know, we just want to keep it private. And he looks at me like, like laughing. Ha ha. No, no, really. What's her name? And I said, oh no, we're keeping it private because, you know, there's some crazy people out there. We don't, we don't know. You don't we know don't, him. You just shook yeah, his hand. I, I yeah. just shook his hand for the first time ever. We've had a couple of DMs over the years. And, and he was like, wait, really? You're not going to tell me her name? And I said, and I didn't say this, but I was like, motherfucker, I don't know you. Yeah. I am not telling you my, like, I don't know who the fuck you are or who you're friends with or what you're, I don't know. Like, I'm not telling you her fucking name. And, and it's funny to me how like some people get really upset about it. Some people will send me DMs like, I don't get why you're, why you're not showing, like you're not just, just show her name. Just tell us her name. It's not a big deal. It's like, shut the fuck up. And this is always, almost always from people who like don't actually have a profile picture and like, they're <laughs> like, it's like a fake name. Like you don't even know who they are. I'm like, why don't you like show me who you really are and like all this stuff. But, um, that was like one of the first interactions in person that I had that was, uh, that was like on that level. And, and I, it sort of like tainted the real, the rest of the, the speaking event in terms of any time we were in the same room, like there was tension there because I wouldn't tell this random dude what my daughter's name was. It was, it was very odd. So, so I try and share a, as much of our family as is comfortable and is safe. I think it's relevant in terms of, you know, you just, it's, you want people to, sh it's, it's not just about sharing information and knowledge. It's sort of about like, I want to welcome you into our life. I want to, to, to allow you to, to see who we are and what we believe and, and want you to know that you're welcomed with us. Like, we don't care who you are, where you're from, what your religion is, but like with us, you're welcome with us. And we want, I want to show people that. Um, but yeah, there's like, at, like with everything, there's pros and cons and there's definitely some people who like, they always want more. They always want more. They always want more. So. Yeah, it can be a little bit invasive sometimes. Yeah. And just that last part, I mean, that sounds exhausting. I mean, you're already, you just described that you're 24-7, your phone's in your pocket. You're, you're trying to give back as much as possible. And sometimes it's not enough for people. Yeah. It, people have a, an odd entitlement about them sometimes. And I will say, like, I think like 98% of people are really, really good. They're great. There's like a small percentage of people who are either remarkably socially unaware of like what's appropriate and or they're like actually malicious. Mm -hmm. And I just, if I don't know who you are, I'm not going to risk, you know, maybe you're the malicious individual. Like, I, I don't know. Like, for me, if someone says like, hey, like we're keeping this thing private or whatever, my immediate response, for example, I'll give an example. The other day I was like, hey, do you want to do the podcast on Sunday or whatever? And you were like, no, I can't. And you apologize. I said, dude, there's no reason to apologize. The fact that you were confident enough to say, hey, I need to take this day for myself. That made me very happy because you set a clear boundary that was like, okay, cool. Like we're not doing that. It made me so happy because you felt comfortable enough with me to say, I can't do that. It's like, I love that. Respect. Thank you for, when people feel comfortable enough to set a boundary, it makes me very happy because I know boundaries can be really, really difficult to make. So it doesn't make sense to me when someone sets a boundary and someone gets mad about it. It's like, I think it says far more about the individual who's getting mad than the person who's setting the boundary. It's like usually the person who gets mad is probably very manipulative and is able to get what they want out of people no matter what. 
It's like, if someone sets a boundary with you, you should look at it as a positive because they feel comfortable enough with you to say, this isn't okay with me. What else can we do? It's like, I think that's a sign of a really good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. So you do have a relationship, especially with your inner circle members, but even just your followers, right? You, you have a relationship with them. They spend time with you and you try to spend time. You, I mean, you create all this content, spending time to talk to them. Mm. If you got off of social media, mm -hmm. is the idea that that relationship would be sustained via the inner circle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So right now, the inner circle, every single week, I do a live Q&A. At Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I do at least an hour live Q&A every single week. Uh, and my co-coach, Susan, she does one every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. And this is like $24.99 a month. And we're spending a combined at least eight hours a month one-on-one -on -one answering individual questions. We answer every single question for that Q&A where we talk with them, we interact with them. And I don't know any other community at that cost that spends that amount of time with the community. And I say every single Monday, I say, this is my favorite time of the week because I get to interact with directly with you, have conversations directly with you. Like this is my favorite time of the week when I get to do this with you. So the idea would be, I would still do that, but you know, I would do that on my computer. I do the live on my computer and like, you know, sit down, have an hour plus, and we just answer all your questions. That for me is very important time because these people have invested in me and I want to be able to invest back in them, not just in what I'm providing in the inner circle, but also with my, my, my face and access to me, like access, mm -hmm. like actually you get to ask me questions. So, so yeah, that's where, where I would still communicate with people. I do struggle with the idea of, you know, if I go fully flip phone for forever, for my entire career, when people say like, people say, what's your five-year plan, 10-year plan? My answer has always been forever. I have no clue. I just want to help as many people as possible. I've never had a business plan ever. I've never had like a, you know, in, in this amount of time, I want to achieve this level of income and I want to, you know, have this many follow. I, I've never, I just, like, I just want to help as many people as I can. And it seemed to work out really well for me. So there is a huge part of me that gets like, there's like a, a pit in my stomach where I'm like, shit, if I'm not on social media, I'm not going to be helping at nearly as many people anymore. Um, I sort of reconcile that with, so, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying the truth. The fact is I've helped a lot of coaches also build big audiences and, and businesses where they help other people. And it's amazing for me to see because when I see another coach who's built a big audience with amazing, helpful, science-based, empathetic fitness information, that's helping a large amount of people. And I know for a fact that that, per that coach came to me before they had any audience and they said, what do I do? And I told them exactly what to do and then they executed and they did it. Every single like that they have on the post, every single comment saying, I really needed to hear this, it stemmed from that conversation that we had. And it doesn't take away from how, how the, the, the work that they put in, the hours, right. the years that they put in. But I'm like, that might not have happened. These people might not, might not have been helped if it wasn't for me. And I also think, you know, there's, there comes a time where it's like, there's a life cycle to everything in life. And eventually there's going to come a point in time where I'm like, I'm not posting on social media anymore. 
and that has to be okay. And I have to trust that, you know, I've done my job, you know, I think God put me here for a reason. And this is definitely one of those reasons to try and help as many people as I can with health and fitness and nutrition, the relationship with food and stuff. But I think it would be great if I could then pass the torch to other people. And who knows, maybe it just act as like a, a consultant, like a free consultant. And, you know, people are like, hey, I want to do what you did. Cool. Let's hop on the phone. I'm going to tell you literally exactly what I did. Now you go do it. And like that way I can still help people indirectly through helping other coaches achieve that level as well. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I mean, there's a life cycle to everything. And, you know, eventually we got to retire, whether it's this part of your business or your whole, the whole thing, eventually, you know, eventually the next generation takes over one way or another, right? I I have no interest in stopping the inner circle. I think I'll do that till till the day I die. Like there's the community in there is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like the online, it's actually insane. It's the most supportive, encouraging community. Like, dude, I have screen like thousands of screenshots of of the most amazing conversations happening in there. So I'll, I don't think I'll ever end that. But social media is a different game. It's it's different. Like it's uh. I don't need to do that forever. There, there's going to come a point in my life, hopefully within the next five to 10 years in which I say, goodbye, social media. I will be, I'll be, I'll be returning my smartphone and getting a, a nice, nice flip phone. And so I can play snake on there if I'm a little bit bored, but otherwise I'm just going <laughs> to hang out <laughs> and just <laughs> you remember snake. <laughs> oh yeah. I got fast on that thing. Bro, that thing, it would get super fast and super long. That's what she said. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, cool, man. Is there anything else you want to uh, mention on the topic of social media? Um, I will say, I mean, I just outlined a pretty clear goal of mine within the next like five to 10 years to be off of social media. And I want people listening to pay attention because there's a real chance I fail with that goal right? There's a real chance I fail. And a lot of people, they only pay attention to the wins that other people have and the successes and they compare it to themselves and like, well, why aren't I succeeding? Like, let's just see, like, there's a real chance that doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> there's a real chance that I, I do not succeed at that goal. And I'm on social media forever. And, and, uh, and listen, I, I like, I, I do love social media. There's, I think there are way more positives than negatives. Um, I just know for me personally, like I've spent more time on social media than is appropriate, right? Like it's, and, and again, it's for my business. I get it. Like I'm on there all day, every day. It's, you know, making content, doing stuff for my business, trying to help people for free. But, um, you know, there was a period of time where I was posting three times a day, every single day on my feed, never mind, you know, on my, on my stories as well. It's like, it takes a long time. It's, uh, people don't realize how long it takes to make content like they yeah. especially good content it's like you know you know when you're reading good writing because you're not picking it it's like it just flows like you don't when you're reading good writing you don't even think about it yeah. when you're reading bad writing you're like oh this is terrible like what am i reading but if it's good writing you don't even comprehend really that it's just writing it's just like oh this is this is a wonderful story this is a wonderful thing to read you're in, you're engrossed in the story of what it is. You're not even thinking that you're reading anymore. Yeah. Bad content is like, you're very aware that you're watching content. Like, you're like, oh, this is just forced and contrived and this is terrible. Like that, whatever it is, good content when you just, maybe it's literally, I'm just doing a Q and A 
and I and I answer a question and you're like, that was so well written. Number one, thank you for the kind words. But number two, that probably took me like 30 to 45 minutes to write just that one story. Like mm-hmm. it's good content takes a tremendous amount of time. And it's an art and a skill in and of itself. So I love it. I think it's amazing. And it, what a blessing I've been able to help as many people as I have. The goal being, you know, three to five years, I'd like to be off of it completely. But uh, keep an eye on it. And, and maybe I'll fail. And that'll be okay too, because I fail more often than I succeed. I think just people pay attention to, to the successes more. Yeah. Well, thank you for... Uh... Can you hear my daughter in the background? <laughs> that was a perfect, perfect punctuation. <laughs> that was awesome. That was, dude, I think this was a good episode. I hope. I hope it helped. Yeah. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, Anything you want to end on? Off or? We'll just keep all this in. We don't have to change this. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. This is the podcast. This is how we end. Tony asks if I want to do a sign-off, and we're just going to keep this all in here. I, I appreciate all of you very much. I hope it was helpful. Um, if you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. A written review is, honestly, it's it's actually way better. It helps a lot more, and um, I do appreciate it. And give Tony a follow. We'll put Tony's social media handle, Instagram, in the in the show notes. And uh, if you have any ideas for what you would like Tony and I to talk about, DM them to Tony yeah. and, and you know, him and I will talk about them. It was funny. We were Tony, Tony and I were, when we had had this call to talk about what potentially we'd discuss on this call, Tony said, yeah, you know, I still think you should do some really solo podcasts where you're just truly by yourself. And I was like, no, you're going to be on here forever, man. Like this, is, <laughs> that was a boundary I said. I was like, no, no, you, you're, you're stuck, bro. <laughs> I love it, man. Love it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everyone listening. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.